Hello and welcome to the Don't Suffer Like Us podcast with Kimberly Fujitaki and myself, Thea Pichelle. Today we're going to be talking about props. We're going to talk about the stigma associated with props, the why to use props, and the how to use props. Hey Kimberly, thanks for joining. Thanks for always uh, putting us in the mood for podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you're popping popcorn over there and slamming some books. (laughs) It's a little bit loud, so yeah, we have some construction going on in my neighbor's house. They just so hopefully it won't be too loud. Yeah. Well, these are pandemic times. Yeah, props. What's your favorite prop, Thea? If I am, it just really depends. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like my feet up because that allows me to invert without causing damage to my already uh, sensitive uh, cervical spine. Yeah. Because I have a whiplash injury. So I like that because it allows me to go upside down without. Uh, any worry. That's cool. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I would say that I, one of my, I think that a lot of people like don't really use that often would be the wall. Like I really mm-hmm. like using the wall for, you know, handstands and also for just like lying down postures and mm-hmm. sort of yoga, like being able to use a wall um, for even accessibility purposes too uh, is is one of my favorite um, tools for yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wall is really nice and handy. And it's one of those props that doesn't usually come to mind so quickly because it's in every room. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think that that's, that's also something that, you know, we want to touch on today or we're just talking about, you know, do you know what to, you know, how do you know, what props to use or when to use those props, you know, and how do we find accessibility within props usage without the stigma of people thinking that props are only used to make yoga easy or to make yoga, you know, less strenuous, which isn't the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny um, that Part of the presidential fitness, I don't know if you remember doing that in high, in elementary school and high school, like touching your toes uh-huh. was a sign that you were a fit kid. Right. <laughs> they put this box around your legs and you had to like reach towards, well, we did it. It was like you could reach forward and it would just basically like line to see how far you could go. Um, yeah. Like and uh, <laughs> I had um, this couple come to my class years ago. And the husband's like, I'm just not flexible because I can't touch my toes. And I looked at him and I said, well, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? And he's like, yeah. I was like, it's, it's not about flexibility. It's that you have a really long torso um, and you have short arms. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, they're not, they're not inordinately short, but they're, they are going to impact your ability to touch the floor because your legs are long and you have this extremely long torso. Yeah. And he's like, my wife's been telling me I've been unflexible for years. And she's like, well, I didn't know. And <laughs> I think that's one of those things where people uh, 
looking like, oh, I can touch the floor. Oh, that person can't touch the floor. They're not flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll hear in classes, for those who need props, you can grab grab them. And there's back at least like a decade ago or more, there was like a little bit of a disdain when teachers would say that, like a little mm-hmm. bit of judgment. Um, now in the last like decade, the last, I'll say particularly five years, five that years, stigma, yeah. stigma associated with props isn't as prevalent, but it used to be pretty hardcore. Like you're not flexible if you have to use a block for any purpose right. or if you need a strap or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so much does have to do with proportion. Exactly. You know, and it, it, and people don't realize also until they've taken these types of shapes, like why is a prop useful in helping you develop like more awareness or a deeper understanding of, you know, why you would, do a certain thing or use a wall or use a chair or use a blanket or use any Mm -hmm. of those bolster, you know, or strap. Um, Like it's a lot of people don't teach those things using those items. And so if you don't, if you haven't been in a practice where you're using those things, you don't know how to use them. So Mm -hmm. when you walk into a room and a teacher's like, well, if you need it, take a, take some props from the prop corners. Like, well, how do I know if I'm going to need it? You know, mm-hmm. if, if you've never used props or nobody's ever taught you how to use them, then you don't know how to do that, you know, or what yeah. you might need, you know? So in the beginning, I just, and I would just encourage everybody, you know, take a blanket strap in two blocks mm-hmm. or, you know, just so that everybody had the stuff. So if they wanted to use it and try it out, it was there. You don't have to like go in the middle of class and go grab it and, you know, feel uh, maybe potentially awkward, like, oh, I have to go in front of everyone to go get my props, you know, or, or even that feeling of like, oh, I need to get props, you know, yeah. but nobody else is getting props. So I feel weird getting props because no one else is getting them. Like, what's wrong with me? You know? Yeah. And I also think part of that has to do with um, the teacher and their, their study and their background. Mm-hmm. Because when I was, when I started, you know, like, I don't know, nearly 20 years ago, like people, uh, a lot of the people who were teaching had an Ashtanga background and there's really no prop use in Ashtanga. Yeah. And there's a very specific body that does Ashtanga yoga. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and, and that was like the popular thing because even the the people who were coming out of yoga works were doing an Ashtanga light type of teaching practice. And so many people taught very, very similar at that point. There were people who were teaching from like the seventies, right? So they taught a certain way. And of course there were Iyengar teachers, but the predominant amount of teachers that were teaching at that time um, had Ashtanga backgrounds or um, yeah. So I'll just go with Ashtanga backgrounds. And it wasn't until like uh, probably 15 years ago that a teacher gave me a blog. And I was like, what? What is this? And this yeah. was a person who had core power background, um, had Ashtanga background too, but she had also gone through um, some yoga therapy training. Mm-hmm. So because of that, she had this knowledge that props could be useful. And she didn't put any shame or stigma around using a prop. She was like, I think this will really help you like get more out of your practice. And it did. And I was like, oh my gosh, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And that's like one of my experience of that too, is like, you know, I, one of my mentors was a, a, you know, Iyengar yoga teacher. And so, you know, he would have us get, 
you know, a hundred things all the time, you know, from the prop corner. Be like, here, we need three blankets. We need two bolsters. We were like, oh, my God, you like a workout just getting all the stuff you need for yoga. (laughs) And then you have to put it all back, you know, like. And so that was really eye-opening for me, too, to see, like, the use of the wall and the use of the chair and the use of, like, all these things that, you know, we would use to get to the point where, you know, maybe you use a lot of stuff in the beginning and then break it down, break it down, and then you use less and less or use more and more depending on what what the action you're trying to get. So it's like it's really, you know, a form of finding accessibility within – you know, a variety of bodies and shapes, you know, or mm-hmm. trying to get to a, a, you know, like a commonality and not necessarily, you know, I mean, Iyengar yoga can be very rigid and like, it has to look like this and you should do it that mm-hmm. way, you know, but overall too, like taking charge of my own practice and knowing my own body, like being able to see how those things were used, you know, mm-hmm. made it so that I didn't have that fear or stigma like that props weren't just for making yoga easy you know yeah and you know it to me it's like it doesn't make it easy it makes it accessible i mean sometimes if you're able to do something it can make it easier if you're able to do something and you use a prop and you don't normally sometimes that helps you actually bring um conscious like being be more conscious in the pose because when we go to our defaults we just we just hunker in. We don't necessarily have the engagement that's going to best serve our body. Mm-hmm. And moving on to why to use props, I would say because you want to. Um, <laughs> if you don't want to, you don't have to. Um, but also, only about 2% of people can do those really extreme poses that you see on, um, on Instagram. Like a lot of bodies can't move that way. Um, and there's there's a variation within normalcy of the the way a body moves, like a healthy range of motion. And um, using props, at least if you're going for some of the more advanced uh, asanas, using props can help you get there more safely. And if you learn along the way that that's not a pose that works for your body, you're not pushing yourself beyond a point that, well, I should say, Theoretically, it would help you prevent yourself from uh, prevent you from pushing beyond where you need to go at that moment. Because the only reason to do an advanced pose is because you want to. Um, it's not going to make you any more or less enlightened. But you know, so there's that with props. But then there's also, you know, uh, limitations from injury or um, you know diversity within our own bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, um, well, yeah. what else? What what other why, Kimberly? Like you said, I think that the beginning part is because you want to. And like a big why for me is also like, why do I want to use this prop? Because I want to see what differences it makes within my body in this position. You know, mm-hmm. why we use props also in, in, in terms of like children's yoga is also really different is in terms of like, classically why we use it to create you know like we use blocks foam blocks in kids yoga for like balancing beams and like walking across them and you know like 
for mm-hmm. integration of, of balance that's that's different and kind of like challenges your mind in a way that you might not be thinking of doing those things in the first place, you know? And so the why for, for using props is, is, is really personal too. It's personal to you about what you think is going to benefit you and, and why you want to practice that way might be because it's something that you've never tried before, you know? Mm -hmm. And also, like with something like Iyengar, the use of props is going to be um, to create integration and awareness within your body. The use of props in restorative yoga is going to be there to help support you and get you comfortable so you can go into a deep meditative state. Mm-hmm. Prop usage in yin is so that the pose is accessible. Yeah. Um, prop usage in you know a variety of other practices too is is accessibility but it can also be awareness so there's like there's a ton of wise <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and so just like you know and it, it being an ex like having an experiment with props i think is is important in your journey just to see like you might not like it some people you know i like uh sutta baddha konasana with bolster, block underneath the bolster till it elevates my chest a little bit more blanket at the top you know blocks underneath my knees, a blanket around the ankle, you know, like, and how did I learn that that's why I wanted to do that? Well, because I tried it, you know, and a teacher showed me those types of things. But there might be a time where I'm just like, I don't want to get all that stuff out. I'm cool with just doing it laying down on the floor. You know, Mm -hmm. you, you have the ability, the option now, especially because there's so many opportunities for us to learn about prop usage um, online and with teachers teaching, you know, remotely all the time now, there's there's a lot more creative usage of props too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can check it out and you can try and be like, oh no, I don't like this. Or, uh, you know, certain bolster types, like there's a certain bolster that I like better than the other bolster. You know, I prefer a foam block over a cork block or a wood block, like, and some people don't, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so the way you know that is by trying it, you know. Mm -hmm. And like, I I, I like uh, the cork blocks and wood blocks more than foam blocks, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. even if in like, in supported bridge, if I'm using, well, I guess in supported bridge, you would use prop. I prefer a, a cork block to a, what do you call it? A bolster or a foam block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other people might have really sensitive sacrum. So that foam block or that bolster is going to be more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so it's just the, like a matter of, of trial and, and error and being able to like observe your body in these shapes. And, you know, a lot of my prop usage too came from, doing restorative yoga like restorative yoga is a very for the majority of the times prop heavy kind of practice right so you're trying Mm -hmm. to create that space in your body and so being able to use those props and think about them in terms of these shapes and how they support us is been helpful in me you know learning accessibility and how maybe certain props will help my students to feel more comfortable in Mm -hmm. their positions as well you know, because one thing that's comfortable for me doesn't mean that it's comfortable for everybody. It's yeah. Far from it, you know. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest messages for teachers in general is just because it feels good in your body, 
doesn't mean it feels good in anyone else's body. And vice versa. There's things for me that feel great, um, but I don't teach them because I know they're not, they don't feel great for most people. Mm-hmm. And even something like reclining bound angle pose. Some people like a bolster. So this is going into how some people like a bolster behind their back and that makes it more comfortable for them. Um, some people like bolsters or blocks underneath their knees. Um, if I'm doing Bhattakonasana, Supta Bhattakonasana, I like to just lay flat without a bolster and nothing underneath my knees. I like to do more of the, the yin and yin style, you know, um, but for other people, depending on their external rotation, it might feel more comfortable to have a block under their knees, or sometimes you just want to feel super comfortable and supported and just zone out and just be held like in restorative yoga. And so you might put blocks under your knees. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, so there's a variation of it. And part of it is, you know, communication, obviously, with your students, like mm-hmm. viewing them, you know, if you see somebody's face, and they're really struggling for, you know, to get the hand down by the ankle in, you know, triangle pose or something. Mm-hmm. Like, and and you can see in their body like that this is this is difficult for them, you know, coming over and offering them the potential of saying like maybe this we can try this out and see how it feels for you, and then you know you observe like the difference. And some people are going to be, for whatever reason, resistant towards props, you know, depending on their experience yeah. of practice or you know also the mindset that everything has to be hard. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that in new practitioners or practitioners who are coming in from, you know, other athletic backgrounds and things like that, like <clears throat> that it they need to feel so much sensation in order for it to be working. Right. So yeah. then you give them a prop and they're like, well, it doesn't feel like I'm stretching anymore. It's like, but you're you couldn't breathe your face you know your face is red your eyes feel like they're bugging out of your head you know like so so there's variations of it too like okay well maybe there's there's three sides that you can put the block on you know maybe you allure to the flattest one maybe you know like there's options there for people to navigate and i think it's our job as yoga teachers to be like here's options for you. You're yeah. capable of taking them or not. And it's going to be up to you and your body and your perception of how you feel to, to try it on or, you know, or not. And sometimes what I'll do is just so people can feel, because sometimes people just need permission. And the mm-hmm. idea of using a prop is like, oh my gosh, I always have everyone grab props. Um, yeah. And let's, you know, we'll talk about revolve triangle. I will have them start with the block at the highest on the inside of the foot. And then, you know, have a few breaths there and then put it on the outside of the foot. And then, you know, take it to the next level, bringing it down and just playing with that and just spend like three minutes on that pose. I'll do both sides, you know, and then um, I'll do the variation with the different block length and heights just mm-hmm. so that they're not in the same pose for three minutes. Cause a, a three minute long oh. triangle is kind of intense, <laughs> um, but you know, uh, three sets up of like 30 seconds isn't fine. It's fine on both sides. Um, and so then from that, they're able to gauge like, how can I use this prop? Does this prop work for me? Do I even need it? 
you know? Yeah. Um, and so one of the things, the way to facilitate the usage of props, the how to use props is by encouraging a spirit of play with your students and Swadhyaya um, or Swadhyaya. I like to say it with the V instead of a W. Um, <laughs> Swadhyaya, um, self-study, because a lot of times when we're learning yoga, it's about the shapes. Like we're just trying to make it look like something. Mm -hmm. But as we gain more awareness in our practice, then it becomes to how, how can we be engaged in those shapes that we're making? And then as we get deeper into our practice, it's what are we learning from the shapes that we're making? Yep. And so how you use props is going to depend on, you know, what kind of goal you have for your prop as well. You know, like certain <laughs> props you'll use for relaxation purposes or certain props you can use to increase sensation or decrease sensation in postures or poses. Um, mm -hmm. And so how you use the props that you're going to, you're going to have is going to be dependent on, on what your goal is in, in desiring to use them too. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that's important going into it too, is like, it's not just like, oh, I have to, I have to use this prop or I, oh, you know, I'm doing this wrong or uh, things like that. Like, cause in the beginning, it's, it's just like when you're first starting to practice, you know, for me, it was like, I always used props. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a shock to me, you know, I, I'll be the first person to go and get like a hundred things if I want it, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm not worried about that. Um, even if nobody else has any out, <laughs> I'll yeah. just do it because I want to. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, I always grab like props because I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, and I might need it. So you know, it's just it's going to be something that that if you're curious about it and your students are curious about it, like I think that's there's just so many things that you can do with props, and there are so many people doing such creative things with props now too that you know even like three years ago people weren't thinking about and mm -hmm. you know it's it's important to be um just connected in in how and why you want to use your props and that you know you create a space where there's not a stigma around the usage of props because yeah. that's not what people you know we want to create a more inviting and accessible practice for people and by using props that's helping people to do that you know yeah and there's so many resources now um back a decade ago there really weren't even like five years ago there were some but there weren't a ton mm -hmm. and um a lot of people who are now well known for creating accessibility in yoga i was we were starting out at the same time you know um and we traveled in some of the same circles. And so it's, it's really cool that it has extended beyond that. You can look up, you know, like uh, accessibility yoga. You can look up uh, yoga for everybody. Yoga for everybody. Yeah. Buddha, um, Buddha yoga mm -hmm. from New York. Um, and chair yoga now, you know, yeah. there's so many, there's aqua yoga. There's so many variations. And, and obviously these, these are using prop as a center you know, to, to practice, yeah. you have, you know, a lot of variations on, and it's not, there's only not, there's really no one right way to use it. And so for people that can be a little bit challenging when it's not as rigid as this is what you have to do with it, you know? 
And just with the how, just starting to play with it if you're not really familiar with 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 the usage of props. And look at YouTube videos, uh, look mm -hmm. at work classes that are being offered online or even uh, socially distanced responsibly because throughout the world, right, things are opening up, even if, it's, even if we're still here um, enclosed. Um, so it's just that you can learn more, you can find how to use it. You just have to have a curious mind. And if if nothing's resonating with you, just play with, with it yourself. Play with a, a scarf, a tie, a yoga strap, if you, you know, if you have one. Those mm -hmm. three things work the same way. Blocks, you can use, a, if you don't have blocks, you can use chairs, you can use canned vegetables, like a big can of vegetables, you can use your couch. You, you know, there's a yeah, variety there's of things. There's so many different things that you can use to, to help, like, create you know a stack of hooks mm -hmm. could be used instead of a yeah. block and, you know like rolled up blankets can be a a bolster your mm -hmm. couch or cushion your, couch your cushion pillows, or pillows. Yes. yeah so mm -hmm. you know we just want to we want to encourage people to be playful and to you know to try things out and see you know are these are these props assisting you in in creating that self-study and creating mm -hmm. that time that you want to spend with your body to connect you know in this moment mm -hmm. and so sometimes when we have the right props we can create the space for that releasing and letting go and being able to be really connected and present in the moment and, and that Oh, I was going to say, and that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Yeah. Because this is a three-part series. So today we were talking about accessibility tomorrow. I mean, not tomorrow. Next Monday we'll talk about expression, which hits on everything that Kimberly's talking about. Alignment, exploration, and refinement. Yeah. So if you're interested, there's some photographs of Thea and I using uh, different props, you know, and we're going to continue to have the conversation about props on social media. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and don't suffer like us. And we, you know, encourage you to try out new things to connect with us about what your usage of props looks like or what are your favorite props so that we can continue the conversation and uh, ha we'll have more on the expression of yoga props next week. Yes, we will. And I'm sorry about the, uh, the air blower in the background. No problem. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us and check out our website at don'tsufferlikeus.com or our Instagram uh, at don't suffer don't suffer like us.com. I mean, don't suffer like us and our Facebook don't suffer like us. So thank you, Kimberly. Thank you, Thea. And thank you to our listeners. We'll talk to you soon about this pop. was our 30th episode of the don't oh suffer goodness. like us podcast. So listen to our old archived episodes and let us know what you think. Thank you so <laughs> much. Happy 30th uh, podcast anniversary. Woo! Kimberly. <laughs> Yeah, take a listen. Let us know what you think. All right. Or if there's anything you'd like to hear us cover. Have a beautiful day. <laughs>